grabbing our Bible, and tonight, uh, I'm, we're, we're bringing Pastor Belcher out of retirement, amen? And uh, so, uh, you got a couple of good months of retirement in, and uh, he let me know, though, he said, Preacher, I'm, I'm always happy to, to help, and so as we were planning out this quarter, I was excited that the Lord opened the door for him to be able to preach to us tonight. So, Preacher, if you would, come uh, preach to us what God has laid on your heart. And uh, praise the Lord, it is good to be up here tonight and have the opportunity to bring God's word. Thank the Lord for each and every one of you. And uh, we're excited tonight about uh, the message that the Lord has laid upon our heart. And, uh, and so let's open our Bibles to the book of Hebrews. The book of Hebrews chapter uh, 13. And uh, you know, a few weeks ago I was uh, reading through... Uh, the book of Hebrews, and as I uh, came to this uh, last chapter, I, I, I saw something that uh, I thought was unique, and uh, we'll cover that then as we do go through this. But uh, the uh, title of my message is simply, uh, Follow the Leader, Follow the Leader. And so let's look to the Lord in prayer tonight. Heavenly Father, how we do thank you for this privilege, Lord, of being able to stand before these folks and open the Word of God. Lord Jesus, how we thank you for this church. We thank you for this ministry. Lord, we thank you for the people. And dear Lord, I ask you now that you would just speak to all of our hearts, Lord, in just a very special way, and that we will give Jesus all the praise. Amen. Amen. Okay, Hebrews chapter 13, and let's read. Uh, I'm going to read uh, verse 1 through verse 17 tonight. And uh, let's see what the Lord has got for us. Uh, let brotherly love continue. Uh, be not forgetful to entertain strangers, for thereby some have entertained angels in unawares. Remember, that, uh, remember them that are in bonds as bound with them, and them which suffer adversity as being yourselves also in the body. Marriage is honorable in all, and the bed undefiled. But whoremongers and uh, adulterers, God will judge. Let your conversation be without covetousness, and be content with such things as ye have. For he hath said, I will never leave thee, nor forsake thee. So that we may boldly say, The Lord is my helper, and I will not fear what man shall do unto me. Remember thou which uh, have the rule over you, who have spoken unto you the word of God, whose faith follow, considering the end of their conversation. Remember that when the word conversation is being used in the New Testament here, it's not talking about just talking about the ball game or something like that. It's about their life, how they have lived their life, and how they are living their life. Uh, verse number 8 then says, Jesus Christ, the same yesterday and today, and forever. Be not carried about with divers and strange doctrines, for it is a good thing that the heart be established with grace, not with meats which have not profited them that have been occupied therein. We have an altar whereof they have no right to eat, which serve the tabernacle. For the bodies of those beasts whose blood is brought into the sanctuary by the high priest for sin, are burned without the camp. Wherefore, Jesus also, 
that he might sanctify the people with his own blood, suffered without the gate. Let us go forth therefore unto him without the camp, bearing his reproach. For here have we no continuing city, but we seek one to come. By him therefore let us offer the sacrifice of praise to God continually, that is, the fruit of our lips, giving thanks to his name. But to do good and to communicate, forget not. For with such sacrifices, God is well pleased. Obey them that have the rule over you and submit yourselves, for they watch for your souls as they that must give an account that they may do it with joy and not with, I've got to turn the page, and not with uh, grief, for that is unprofitable for you. Follow the leader. Well, you know, one of the goals of uh, biblical Christianity is to uh, develop leadership. You know, all of us, all of us have some level of leadership. That is our responsibility. I mean, if you've ever shared the gospel with someone, you have shown some leadership. I mean, have you ever heard somebody referred to as leading someone to the Lord Jesus Christ? Uh, yes, leadership is a very important thing. And so it is important that we know how to work with leadership and how to become a good leader. And of course, the way that we become a good leader is first of all, uh, understanding how to be a good follower. You see, leadership and fellowship, they definitely go together. I remember when I was very young in the ministry and I was told about this thing about leadership. And you know, I remember asking different ones, well, how do you know when you're ready to be a leader? And you know, someone said that, well, you know, just be the best follower that you can. And as you learn to be a good follower, as part of that process, you're going to learn how to be a good leader. Uh, the last three chapters of Hebrews, I think most of us are pretty familiar with it. It's all about living by faith, the importance of faith. Matter of fact, Hebrews chapter 11 most of you who are students of the Word of God know that that is about the heroes of faith, about those who, well, just do, they're just great examples of faith. And then we come to Hebrews chapter 12, and we see there the, the great encouragement that there is about living for faith. And then, of course, we come to chapter 13, and we see here more about this evidence of faith itself that should appear in our lives and for us to not only walk by faith, but also uh, to uh, be a faithful leader to others. Uh, it's one thing, folks, to uh, want to walk by sight. It's another thing to walk by faith. And so when we pay attention to what we're reading there in the book of Hebrews, maybe you can't help but notice twice, maybe a little bit of an unusual statement, something that we really don't see very often, but actually it's three times, three times in this chapter where this statement is made about those 
that have the rule over you. Now, you know what? I learned a long time ago that when you study God's word and you see something that is being singularly repeated, you'd better pay attention to that because God is definitely trying to get your attention there. And you know, I remember, I remember again when I was first learning to prepare for the ministry that I heard this said, and I'm sure that many of you here tonight have heard this put in one way or another, pretty close to it. And that is even though that we are a Bible-believing Christian, that doesn't mean when you come to the front door that you leave your brains uh, there at the door. No, we don't. We don't. We understand we do that. You see, there is a balance. And uh, one of the first things that I learned was that, and of course, that certainly does not mean that we uh, all of this business we're talking about here, that uh, we just walk in and anybody can say whatever they want to and whoever it is and just believe what you're told to believe and, uh, and uh, you'll be okay. Uh, scripture doesn't teach that. Right. No, it does not. You know, there is a balance. There is a balance about this. And that is, there's a responsibility. There is a God-given responsibility about being the kind of spiritual leader that we need to have. But there's also a God-given responsibility of us also being led and uh, being those who are willing to work with leadership. Uh, I mean, in 1 John chapter 4, uh, here's what the apostle said. 1 John chapter 4 and verse number 1, it says this, Beloved, uh, believe not every spirit, but try the spirits, whether they are of God, because many false prophets are gone out into the world. Uh, that little word try right there in that verse has got the idea about testing, about discerning. Uh, and that is, uh, you're supposed to evaluate this. Uh, God wants us to look at these things. And that's because false prophets, they're always going to be there. I remember somebody said something to me a few months ago, and they said, you know what, wherever I go, everybody says that theirs is the right way. How do you know which one is the right way? Well, you know, when you compare a scripture with scripture, and you also understand that, of course, everybody is going to say that. But Jesus said that I am the way, the truth, and the life. And no man cometh unto the Father but by me. You know, we need to always remember false prophets. False prophets always, they come to, they come to uh, two basic points. And that is, number one, a false prophet is somebody who claims someone or something outside of the word of God that that one is God instead. That's a false prophet. That's a false prophet. But there's another kind of a false prophet. And that is a false prophet is also one who claims that God has, that the God of the Bible has spoken to them in a very unique and in a very special way that contradicts what the rest of the word of God teaches. Uh, run the other way when you come across one of them. Uh, so false prophets. False prophets are an issue. They are a problem. Yes, that is something that you have got to pay attention to. Matter of fact, many of the cults that we are familiar with in our world today, uh, they got their start by 
uh, somebody had a dream and gave them some kind of a special knowledge that contradicts the rest of scripture. And uh, it, we can name one cult after another after another that started that way by a dream. Uh, again, that's another reason to run in the other direction. So Hebrews chapter 13, tremendous passage of scripture about how that we are to be living by faith and how we are to trust the Lord. Uh, matter of fact, uh, here in Hebrews chapter 13, these first several verses here, we see several principles about just what it is like to be living by faith. And some of those uh, principles that we see, some of these characteristics we see are about those that are living by faith. How is it going to affect you? Well, number one, it's going to affect you by, uh, by your own behavior, by just how you are living. Uh, in other words, if you're living by faith, well, brotherly love is going to be important to you that we saw there in verse number one. Hospitality there in verse number two. Uh, verse number three, helping those who are prisoners, helping those that have been mistreated. Uh, and, uh, and verse number four, uh, those, the purity in marriage. Uh, verses number five and six uh, about the contentment, having the peace. And, and then, of course, in verse number seven, the main emphasis of what we're looking at tonight about remembering your leaders and then of course there in verse number eight just in this first section is about remembering not forgetting where our real source of power and living comes from and that is from one person the Lord Jesus Christ so my friends as we look at all these characteristics we just can't say enough of how important they are to biblical Christianity and how important it is for those who are involved in spiritual leadership or in spiritual fellowship to understand these things. I mean, Christian love, to live in Christian love, I mean, it is important. Hospitality was extremely important in that first century world. It was so important because, first of all, many believers were experiencing persecution. And as they experienced persecution, uh, often they would just have to leave the area just with what they could carry on their backs. And, uh, and they depended upon other believers and other communities, other locales of taking them in and, and helping them out, giving them a, a place to stay. Very important uh, in that first century world. Uh, there were many uh, traveling preachers uh, that would go from town to town, place to place. And, uh, and they would need to be, uh, have a place to be able to stay in someone's home. And of course, there are many times when there was a child of God that had to travel, could not afford to stay in an inn and needed uh, this hospitality. Matter of fact, the Word of God tells us that those who pastor a church uh, are supposed to be, according to the book of Titus, uh, a lover of hospitality. And then, of course, uh, all believers should be given to hospitality. That's important. That's important to, to know that believers are willing to share their home. We're not talking about living there. We're talking about uh, be, the uh, other believers being welcome in your home. Right. 
But you know, sad to say, in the day and time in which we're living, sometimes that's just not the case. Sometimes, as a matter of fact, uh, uh, folks treat their lawn like it's a moat and they want to keep everybody away. You know, you're not welcome. You're not welcome. And, you know, as believers, we need to remember this about the importance of welcoming other uh, believers into our home to visit or whatever. But uh, so all of this is important. But I want to key in now on this, uh, what we saw here in uh, two places already. And in Hebrews chapter 13, there is a third place. We saw it there in chapter 13 uh, and verses uh, 7, 8, and 9. And let's read them again in verse 7. And remember them which have the rule over you, who have spoken unto you the word of God, whose faith follow considering the end of their conversation. Jesus Christ, the same yesterday and today and forever, be not carried about with divers and strange doctrines, for it is a good thing that the heart be established with grace, not with meats which have not profited them that have occupied therein. Uh, a second instance we saw there is in chapter 13 and in verse number 7. And oh boy, Right here, the very first word of this verse is the word, is, is the word that everybody kind of wants to choke on a little bit. Obey. Obey them that have the rule over you. And submit yourselves, for they watch for your souls as they that must give account, that they may do it with joy and not with grief. Uh, for that is unprofitable for you. But then there's one more. Look in uh, chapter 13 again, and let's look at verse number 24. Salute all them that have the rule over you and all the saints, and they of Italy salute you. So as believers, as believers, why is it that we need to have a right understanding of our relationship to spiritual authority. I mean, to get back to the main point here of how do we follow? How do we follow leadership? How does that work? Well, you know what? We need to understand, folks, that the Word of God clearly teaches that God gives a structure. God gives a structure to the New Testament church of spiritual leadership. God is the one that gives us this thing about spiritual leadership. And you know, it may sound like a simple thing to say, but hey, I understand I'm a very simple guy. And that is, it is not possible to have an organization without organization, okay? I mean, it has to be. I mean, remember this. Paul said this in 1 Corinthians chapter 11 and in verse number 1. What did he say? He said, be ye followers of me, even as I also am a follower of Christ. Uh, uh, let me see here. Did I say that? Be ye followers of me, even as I also am of Christ. I mean, we, this is something we need to understand. Uh, that have this... Uh, uh, this understanding of just what the Word of God 
talks about and understand the insignificance of this issue of those that have the rule over us and submitting and uh, for they watch for our souls. And so, as I said, the church is an organization that has to organize. And, you know, wherever Paul the Apostle uh, went, he founded local churches and one of the things that he did was he ordained uh, leaders uh, to be able to lead them. It says this in Acts chapter 14 and verse number 23. It says, and when they had ordained them elders in every church and had prayed with fasting, they commended them to the Lord on whom they believed. Uh, it clearly, uh, that is what was done they just didn't come in and lead a bunch of folks to the Lord and say, see you around, guys. I mean, they left them with a structure, left them with an organization. Uh, in Titus chapter 1 and verse number 5, Paul again says this, For this cause left I thee in Crete, that thou shouldest set in order the things that are wanting and ordain elders in every city as I had appointed thee. One more verse about this, Philippians chapter 1 and verse number 1. Paul and Timotheus, the servants of Jesus Christ, to all the saints in Christ Jesus which are at Philippi, with the bishops and deacons. So spiritual leadership is very important. Very important. And I think that we need to see tonight from this passage of Scripture at least three responsibilities Three responsibilities that all of us as a child of God have to spiritual leadership. Those in spiritual leadership. Let's look at the first one. It was there in chapter 13 and verses 7 to 9. I've already read it a couple of times. Uh, but it says there, to remember them which have the rule over you. Remember them which have the rule over you, who have spoken unto you the word of God, whose faith follow, considering the end of their conversation. Uh, very important, very important. Of course, we don't worship people. We don't put people on a uh, pedestal and so forth. And yet God's word does teach us that we should have the right kind of attitude, the right kind of spirit toward them uh, as they labor and, and as they work in uh, the Lord's work itself. And, uh, and it says here, and, and so my first point here is that this, uh, what the Lord wants us to do is to remember them, to remember them. You know, it's easy sometimes in the hustle and the bustle of life to forget, to forget about how much others have done for us, Amen. to think about those that were before us. And many Bible teachers believe the emphasis is about maybe those that, have, that were martyred for the Lord or those who have already gone on to glory. And uh, it did so much. You know, I can't help but notice the perfect illustration that I have of this tonight. But as I, I, as I look at what's going on up here on the platform, many times I've thought, as I've looked on this platform, of how beautiful it was. And, and I look at this facility. And, 
And uh, you know, I mean, it's just great. You think about all of the sacrifice that went. You know, not too awful long ago, I had, we had a guest and uh, we had a little get together in our family uh, in, in the gym. And, uh, and this person just walked in and they were just, they were just floored at our gymnasium. And, and they looked at this and said, wow, this is really nice. I can't, did you say that, did you say that this was all done by donations? I said, yeah. I said, whether it was a bond or I don't know how it was done exactly. I mean, I wasn't around at that time, but, but they just couldn't get over. They said, so this was not no government, this was not a government program or something. No, I said, nothing like that. As far as I know, it's not. I said, no, it was just God's people. Yeah. God's people that gave and I mean, I, you just think about this. I mean, I, you know, I grew up in Clyde. We moved when I was about in the eighth grade. And, but I remember coming up here to Lemon Street uh, when I was like a sophomore in high school. And I had a friend that lived right across the street, lived right across the street. And I remember I'd look over and I see this little bitty dinky building, you know, a little, little uh, a Quonset hut. You know, and I thought, well, that's nice. They got a little church there, you know. And, uh, and to think what was there then and what is here now, I mean, it is just absolutely amazing. And so, I mean, so that's what the scripture is talking about here. And that is, you know, we need to remember the significance of other of God's people that the Lord put in our life to lead us to the Lord Jesus Christ, help us to grow. Uh, I mean, when you think about, you think about those that, uh, that in the past, uh, I mean, for those of you that were led to the Lord by a soul winner, I mean, think about how much, how important that was to you. And that person dared to speak up, dared to tell you that you were a sinner and that you were lost. And that you were on your way to hell. Uh, I, I mean, it, 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 it is important for us to remember those in our past. And uh, the significance there. I mean, uh, remember their fire. Remember their zeal. Remember their example of how faithful they were. And uh, I remember people like that early in my uh, Christian experience. I remember a fellow, his name was Calvin Perry. He lived right there on the corner of Maple Street and Woodland Avenue. Two-story red brick home that's there. Still there. Still there. And uh, uh, Brother Cal, man, he had all kinds of kids. I forget how many he had, but he had a bunch of them. And he was a lay preacher, basically. A lay preacher, we would call him. But I knew that if I ever, whenever I stopped in, and I would stop in, you know, every once in a while. I knew that whenever I would stop in, I had to be prepared. I was going to be there for a while. And that is because after we talked about this and that and this and that, you know, and, uh, and whatever, it was, here's, how, here's how the visit would always end. And that is he would get up off the sofa and he said, well, Brother Jim, he said, would you like to have a word of prayer with me before we go? I said, I sure would, Brother Cal. I sure would. And I'd get down there on the chair or by the sofa or whatever, and I'm telling you, I mean, <laughs> Brother Cal would pray, and oh, 
Man, would he pray. He would just absolutely pour his heart out to the Lord. I mean, he would pray. I mean, he had some older kids that weren't doing what they should be. And I mean, he would pray for them. And he'd he'd pray, oh God, he said, please. He said, help my son, you know, help my son. And uh, I mean, I mean, he, oh, how he would pray. I mean, he'd pray 15, 20 minutes just himself, just himself. And I mean, anybody else that was in there too would pray. And of course, I would pray too. And I've never forgotten that. I've never forgotten that. I've never forgotten of seeing old Brother Cal get up off of his knees and his face just streaming with tears. And I mean, folks, it was that way every time he prayed. I remember him. I can't ever forget. I remember the first Bible conference that I went to back in 1967. And you know, most of the leadership here that have been to a Bible cottage somewhere, they had a Bible conference. And, and I remember the whole week was given over to preaching. No classes of any kind, but uh, meetings at 9 o'clock in the morning and, and uh, two meetings in the afternoon and, and then an even, a meeting in the evening. And, uh, and I remember going and there was, a, there was a preacher there. His name was J.B. Phillips. Uh, he was... Uh, no, J.B. Williams, I'm sorry. J.B. Williams. And he was with Baptist Mid-Missions for many, many, many years. And, and I'll never forget, I'll never forget that message that he preached that night. Uh, it, 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 it's from 2 Corinthians chapter 3 and verse 2. Ye are our epistle written in our hearts. Known and read of all men. And the title of his message was The High Cost of Being Writing Paper for God. Boy, I'm telling you, that message gripped my heart. And uh, I just, I mean, here it is, you know, 50 years later, you know, and so forth. I still can't get over it of how much it spoke to me. How much it spoke to me. And, uh, oh, I tell you what, you know, you look back here at those in Hebrews, and uh, I mean, how many of them were led to the Lord through those leaders, and not just that, but then taught them and helped them. And, you know, you got to remember that back in their day, uh, most believers did not have their own copy of Scripture, you know? They, it did, they might have a role of something in one of their synagogues or what have you, but that would be all that they would have. And so uh, the admonition for us is to never forget about those that God used in the past to help us, to encourage us, to bless us, to get us going in the right way, uh, to remember them. That spiritual leadership is important. But then we come to the second one there in verse number 17. And as I already suggested, here's the word that we, that we read and we're going to, I don't know if I like that word or not. It says, obey them. Obey them that have the rule over you and submit yourselves for they watch for your souls as they that must give account that they may do it with joy and not with grief, for that is unprofitable for you. We hear that word obey, and our imagination wants to start going off in all kinds of crazy directions. Uh, You know, Jim Jones, you know, 
don't drink the Kool-Aid. You know, that kind of thing. And by the way, I have a preacher friend. He's still living. I have a preacher friend who's, who had as members the parents of Jim Jones's first wife. And, he's, and he told me, he said, you know, he, he said they told me that when they first met Jim Jones as a young man, they said, we were very impressed with him. He seemed to be very sincere, seemed to really have a love for the Lord, seemed to really want to help people. How did he go from there to where he ended up, as he did, uh, part of mass murder? I don't know. I don't know. But you know, we need to have a good understanding just of what this word here, uh, obey, really means. First of all, it doesn't say that pastors should be dictators uh, because 1 Peter chapter 5 and verse number 3 tells us this, neither be lords over God's heritage. Uh, so uh, God does not give this carte blanche to all of those things because, folks, the balance is, of course, that we should be spiritual enough to be able to understand and be able to recognize those others who have a spiritual part to them as well. And uh, every day, every pastor is going to give an account of his ministry to the Lord, wants to be able to do it, what the Bible says, with joy. And you know, a disobedient Christian will find on that day that the results of disobedience, the Word of God says, is unprofitable, not for the pastor, but for that individual. And then too, remember what God warns us about in Hebrews chapter 13 and verse number 9, about avoiding the danger of being carried about with divers, uh, divers, uh, uh, with... Uh, Uh, I'm trying to find my verse here. I'm trying to find it, and I can't find it. About those that would have doctrines that are not right and those that are not true. And, uh, and so, as God's people, we need to understand that. Matter of fact, in Hebrew, in Ephesians chapter 4 and in verse number 11, uh, we see these guidelines. And it says by Paul through the Ephesian church, and he gave some apostles and some prophets and some evangelists and some pastors and teachers for the perfecting of the saints, for the work of the ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ, till we all come in the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God unto a perfect man, unto the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ, that we henceforth be no more children, tossed, uh, be no more children, tossed to and fro and carried about with every wind of doctrine by the slight of men and cunning craftiness whereby they lie and wait to deceive. We were talking about meats there a moment ago. And, and some of those, uh, as we look here in the book of Hebrews, they wanted to go back to those Jewish laws and those things about the diets. And of course, the scripture showed them that they never were able to keep those things themselves. Now is not the time to try to uh, put it on New Testament believers to do that, which they themselves never could do in the first place. Uh, Colossians 
chapter 2 and verse 16 says, Let no man therefore judge you in meat or in drink or in respect of an holy day or of the new moon or of the Sabbath days, which are a shadow of things to come. But the body is of Christ. Let no man beguile you of your reward in a voluntary humility and worshiping of angels, intruding into those things which he hath not seen, vainly puffed up by his fleshly mind. It, it, I mean, it's so easily they were being, were being led astray. And so the word of God uh, tells us that, yes, our leadership, there's to be a sense of obedience. Now, what do they mean by that? Well, first of all, that idea of obeying has the idea about it, of you studying it, uh, you researching it, and uh, seeing if these things were true about them. And there has to be the idea of being convinced to the point where you can agree with. So it's about two people. It's about one in leadership and about one in fellowship. That they understand what is important and what is necessary. Uh, it means that a child of God who's willing to be led. You know, think of the difference. Think of the difference it would make in our churches if there was this kind of spirit of obedience. And that is, pastor says, brother, sister, so-and-so, you know, I've been watching you, and I have, I have seen uh, such a good spirit in you. I see the growth in you, and I see the maturity in you. Uh, would you be willing to pray with me about taking that third and fourth grade and vacation Bible school this summer? Uh, that's what it's talking about when it comes to obedience, follow their leadership. And clearly, the Lord has selected them, chosen them to be a leader as an under-shepherd. And you can't have somebody in an organization leading without those who are willing to follow That's the kind of obeying that is important here. The difference it would make. The difference it would make. And so, what principles do we have to follow? Number one, remember, remember our past leaders and work with those who are in leadership that the Lord has put in leadership. And then there's one last point and I'll be done. And that is in Hebrews chapter 13 and verse number 24. It says, salute, salute all them that have the rule over you and all the saints and they of Italy Salute you. You know, the Jews, I think most of us know this. The Jews, they would greet one another with this Hebrew word, shalom. The word, of course, for peace. The Greeks, those that had a Greek background, when they greeted one another, they would greet one another with the word peace. Matter of fact, Paul when the Holy Spirit had him writing some of the scriptures, he would start out by saying, grace and peace be unto you. But in those, those letters uh, of where Paul was talking about pastors and leaders, those in leadership, he would say, grace, mercy, and peace. And even Paul the Apostle, or the one writing the book of Hebrews, Ask for them to pray for them and those other workers 
that they would have a good conscience in all things, willing to live honestly. And so what's the basic point here? The basic point is this, and that is every Christian, every Christian, and oh, I tell you folks, I know this is important. Every Christian, every believer should always be on good speaking terms yes. with the pastor. Amen. If you find, your, if you find your pl yourself in a place where you can't talk to God's pastor, you avoid talking to him. You just don't want to talk to him. You don't want to greet him. Uh, you better watch out. You'd better watch out. You know, all of us, doesn't make any difference what, if we have a title given to us or not, all of us have a responsibility. All of us have a ministry to perform. Right. Uh, just as our pastor has pointed out so often that all of us have been gifted yes. and we have, we have a, a, a ministry to do. It's so important to be willing and to be able to speak with your spiritual leadership. Because when there, if there comes a time when there's something that's putting a wedge between you, you better get it worked out. How often, how often I've heard Pastor Holmes say this about the importance of spiritual leadership. He has said this. I can't tell you how many times he has said it. Remember, people work take precedence over paperwork. People, people, people are the important thing. And that involves ministry. It, it involves leadership, and it also involves fellowship. 